0: Welcome to the Fountain City Church Podcast. For message notes, weekly headlines, and past message series, make sure to check out the Fountain City Church mobile app, now available on the App Store and Google Play. We hope you enjoyed this message and have a great rest of your day. Hi, I'm Caitlin. Um, I serve here on the youth worship team, and I've been coming here for quite a few years. And I'm going to read from X. Acts.
1: I was blessed to be on a trip with her recently and just to see God at work in her life and watching her use her spiritual gifting as we've been learning about, and it was truly a blessing. Uh, we're going to talk about those words that she just wrote, or that she just read in just a minute, uh, but before that, we sang a line in that last song that said, breathe on my faith. I hadn't ever noticed that lyric before, but... Um, Just felt led to remind someone here that maybe your faith is pretty small. It's about to go out like a a fire. You know, when you see that fire, you just got that one little spark left. You don't know if it's going to go or not. And then all of a sudden, this wind comes by and it becomes a raging fire. And if that's you today, if you came with just a little bit of faith and you're about to to give up, um, that's the prayer. That he will breathe on your faith and that you'll change today transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's what I had planned to say now. Um, Good morning and welcome. Uh, As you heard in that passage, uh, we're going to talk about people being sent out. And we're going to talk about encouraging the church body as we saw taking place there. We say around here, everyone is sent. Uh, Christ, some of his last words On earth, after he said, all authority has been given to me, and then he said, go. Okay, so if somebody tells you, I've got authority, and then they say, go, that needs to be a priority in the way we think, the way we spend, the way we pray, and all aspects of our life. And then... um, We're going to see that as these people obeyed and as they went out, we're going to see the method that the Holy Spirit used for sending people out to be a part of that, specifically the church in Antioch, as we saw there, where the Christians were first called disciples. I'm David Haynes. I'm the mobilization pastor here. So my role and my delight is to see people moving with the gospel, taking the gospel Uh, As you'll see in a moment, having conversations with people like us and people not like us with the purpose of uh, that all people may hear and believe uh, the the gospel. So it is for everyone, if you remember back in February when the Lord uh, gave us a Kind of a vision for the year, that the gospel was for everyone. We were looking at uh, the life of Paul uh, when we introduced, I think, 10 or 12 trips that uh, the Lord had provided opportunity for us this year, Uh, and we looked at Paul's life there in Acts 20 as he had gathered the church leaders together, and he was talking to them about what it had looked like to be sent out. He was giving them a recap of his life and how he had lived and the ones who had sent him out. So he's got them there and listen to some of these characteristics of someone who had been sent out. He said this, you know how I lived. I was serving, I was teaching, I was testifying. He said, I served with all humility through trial and tears. This is in Acts chapter 20. He said, I taught publicly and I taught house from house to house. See, do you see how he was trying to make the gospel accessible to all people? And then he said, I was testifying both to Jews and to Greeks, to people like me and people not like me. And then finally he said, I had one message and the message was this, repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that message was clear as he, as he took it out. Well, if you're familiar with scripture, you know that that's the same guy that was approving of the assassination of Christians, putting them in jail and, um, Really opposing the church, so how did the guy get from this testimony uh, from where he was and that 's what part of what we 're going to look at today so in acts fourteen, this is uh, maybe up on the screen, it says this from verse in verse twenty five so here he is, given this in, in, as what we read in Acts eleven about uh, the church in Antioch before that happened, how did paul? get to this point. Acts fourteen twenty five says this, and when he had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Attalia, and from there they sailed to Antioch. There it is again, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled. And when they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. So we see there that after he had been sent out, he comes back gathering the church to talk about what God had done, how the Holy Spirit had been a work among them. And that's a pattern we see throughout the New Testament, just even in our youth coming back today. Hey, we went out. God did this. We want to come back and tell you about what he did. Uh, it's a clear pattern in Scripture. And, but, you know, how did they... Get actually sent out. That's the, that's the account of when they came back. But then in Acts 13, 1 and 2, uh, what was happening was the teachers, the leaders of the church were together. In verse 2 of Acts 13, it says this, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work which I have called them. Did you get that? They were just worshiping the Lord. And the Holy Spirit, as we were just singing about, comes in and says, hey, I have a plan. I wanna send out Barnabas and Saul. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them out. That's what we see churches in the New Testament doing. And then if we back up two more chapters, that's actually, how did this church come about? So we looked at Paul's life, what it looked like towards the end, that he was actually sent out, how he reported to the church, how he was actually sent out. Now, where did this church come from? And that's what we're going to spend the most of our time looking at now, there in Acts 11. As the passage was read, um, Where were these guys? How did this church form? If if you went all the way back to, well, let's just read 19. Now, those who were scattered because of persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. So they had an exclusive audience there. But the reason they got there was because of the persecution, it says here. And if you're familiar with... um, Stephen and, and his life, when Scripture speaks of him, he's characterized by a man of power, of grace, and of wisdom. If you read Acts 6 and 7, you'll get a good Old Testament uh, recap of what was going on there and how God had faithfully demonstrated his provision, his protection, and his love for his people. And their response was, no thanks. I hope that's not a characteristic of us today when the Holy Spirit speaks to us and draws us into a place and we say, no thanks. But that's what happened here. His people had rejected him. They rejected his provision of a Savior through Jesus Christ. And Stephen was talking to the people and and he got to the point where, uh, you know, it's decision time and he says, you know, God's done all this, yet you're stiff-necked and you always resist the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know how those words make you feel, but these people responded in in Acts chapter 7. Here's what Stephen saw before the church was scattered to to begin this, this new church. Here's what Stephen saw. This is Acts 7, 54. Now when they heard these things, they were enraged. They ground their teeth at him, but he, full of the Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Well, if you've read in Ephesians, you you know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, where did God? What did God do? He seated him at His right hand. But it says here, when this is taking place with Stephen. Christ is standing. And Stephen said, And behold, I see in the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city, stoned him, and the witnesses laid their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul, also known as Paul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Now, we know he's looking at Jesus. We know he's loving them, telling the truth like Jesus did. And look at this other characteristic of of one who follows Christ. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. So we see him acting like Christ. When Christ said, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Stephen here saying, hey, don't hold this against them. And I don't know about you, but uh, do you pray for those who persecute you? you have someone in the the workplace that's just kind of that thorn in the flesh for you? Maybe in your neighborhood, maybe even in your family. Um, I want to encourage you to pray for them. And ask the Lord to have mercy on them and grace. And it may be before they change, you'll change. And you'll be free from bitterness and anger. And you'll be set free to love. So I encourage you to pray for those as we see Christ doing, as we see Stephen doing here in this. So the person that persecution of the church has them hey, we're out of here when they saw what happened to Stephen. And, you know, can we blame them? But we also know it was a plan of the Holy Spirit. So as they go out, in, back to Acts 11, the, the text that we're spending most of our time in, here's what happened. Remember, some were speaking to Jews. Verse 20 but there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who also on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists, or the Greeks, also preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was on them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. So there we see, going and speaking to people like us sometimes is difficult, but speaking to people not like us can even be more difficult, but not when the hand of the Lord is with you. Do you see the difference? And that's what we see taking place. You know, For us to really be intentional of speaking to people not like us, sometimes we have to cross uh, geographic boundaries or cultural boundaries, language barriers, Uh, get up at 2 a.m. to catch a flight that they canceled and get up and do it again the next day. Um, We have to eat uncommon foods, forego air conditioning, and other things that, that we think we deserve or can't live without. But those things become minimal when you have a task, when you're sent out, when you're empowered by the Holy Spirit and the hand of God is upon you. But you know the, the barrier that I find most difficult to cross, I don't know about you, but it's my selfish, apathetic heart. Sometimes I just don't care that he said to go. Sometimes I don't care that he has all authority. Sometimes I don't care that people haven't heard. How about you? Is there anything holding you back? from crossing barriers and taking the gospel to people like you and people not like you? Are you willing to be sent out to have gospel conversations with people like that? Is it a priority? I encourage you to examine your life as you hear about the way that the the early church looked and the way the people lived. The Christians who went to Antioch were crossing these barriers and a church was being formed as a result. And because, because of the number of the people who were responding you know, what do I have to offer going and talking to people that are not even like me? Well, the hand of the God was with them and a number of people were turning to the Lord. Antioch was the third largest city uh, in the Roman Empire. 250,000 people to 500,000. Pretty big city at that time. So as we see here in verse 22, it says, the report of these came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. So what's going on? in Antioch gets back to Jerusalem and, and it He came to the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When they came and saw the grace of God, he was glad and exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. He was a good man, full of the Spirit, and full of faith. So, uh, we see that as he came, as as the church got this news, they're like, hey, we we need to go find out. We need to support these people. And the day that a church stops caring about the church... We've become defiant to the king who told us to go. And the example that we see of those that he sent out here, uh, we see him giving this message, having this gospel conversation. He providing the, the people to turn, the people that come to him. And the message is this, remain faithful to the Lord and be steadfast in purpose. That's pretty, that's pretty good church strategy. Be faithful to the Lord and remain steadfast in purpose. Later this year, church, we're blessed. We're blessed. I want you to please understand this. We're extremely blessed. We're going to get a chance to follow that example a couple more times this year. We've already been able to, and that is to go out, speak to people not like us about Jesus, and encourage local churches. We're going to get to do that in Ashland in a couple weeks. We're going to get to do that in Vermont in a couple months. We're going to get to do that in Puebla, Mexico, later this month. We're going to get to do that in Puerto Rico in November, Guatemala in November, Dominican Republic in October. Guys, God is expanding our opportunities. We must not cease to pray, to give, and to go. And that's going to require some new people to get involved. And maybe if your admissions aren't my thing, well, Jesus is, I hope. And Jesus has said, with all authority, Go. And that going implies praying, giving, and going. We see it all throughout scripture. And when we come back, when we're blessed to come back and tell you what the hand, if we come back and say what we've done, just stop us. Say, hey, whoa, whoa. You said stop, when, if, we, if you start talking about what you did. It, we're gonna come back and talk about what God did, the hand of the Lord upon us, the spirit breathing on our faith, because that's what we see happening when we cross these, these barriers. And I love to follow this example of what we saw in Acts 14, the church coming back and telling, and uh, the church's response is glory to God. That's what we <laughs> saw happening here. Well, two years ago in our trip to Mexico, to Guadalajara, Mexico, our focus was simply that. We wanted train, because we had went a couple years and we kind of, we didn't say it this way, but it was kind of like, get out of our way and let us do our thing, get out, open our bag of tricks and we'll do VBS for you. And And, and the Lord just broke our heart, it was like, hey, spend some extra time Training, encouraging and equipping these believers so that you can, they can start experiencing the joy of using their spiritual gifts. So we did that. Once again, that was two years ago. Well, when we went back this year, our focus uh, two years ago was public teaching of Scripture where people are accessible. It was being purposeful outside the church walls by engaging the community. So when we went back this year, uh, we're there. We're like, they're not telling us what they need us to prepare and do, and we were we were trying to get ready the best we could. And we get there, literally, they they had it planned. They had it planned. Where we were, where we were going in the existing places we had been, and they different people within the church like Lupita and Jose Luis and Veronica or Veronica and. Um, Anel, David, they were prepared, and with great joy, they were exercising their gifts that God had given them, and using it to do what? Share the gospel with people like them and people not like them. And God was blessing them. And so we're there, a at, at lady Sandra, someone on our team two years ago. there was a couple on a balcony just kind of watching what was going on in the street, and someone just waved. They didn't speak the language, didn't know much about the culture. Surely, can everybody do that? Surely we can do that. That's what the one person did. They did this, intentionally crossing barriers, and they came down, and God has transformed their family. And this year, as we were closing the church service there, uh, she was asked, Sandra was asked, would you like to do our closing prayer? And she stood up, and she knew who she was talking to. It was not some memorized prayer that some religion had taught her. It was a prayer to a god that she knew personally as we just sang about. He is our prize. It wasn't I I might have this destination when I die, like heaven is our reward. Christ himself is our reward. Eternal that is eternal life that we may know him. And that's what had taken place in Sandra's life. We were extremely encouraged so we come back to you and say glory to God for what he has done by one who simply invited to so join the holy spirit at work is all he did. Bringing someone down to hear about the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, verse 24 says that Stephen was a, Barnabas was a good man and he was full of the Holy Spirit. Uh, these are some more common characteristics of those who have been sent out. We saw they taught, they served, uh, they testified, and now we see filled with the Holy Spirit and faith. Um, if you're familiar in Acts 4, whenever the Holy Spirit had came upon the church and things were kind of getting out of hand because the Holy Spirit was adding so many people to the church and there was a great need in the church, well, Barnabas was maybe the first one that I, that I recall that was recorded that said he sold a piece of property and gave it to the church leadership so nobody would have a need. And as I read this, I thought, you know, for him to be described as a man of faith in the Holy Spirit... He was fighting materialism like the rest of us. He sold a piece of property and said, hey, I just, wanna, I just wanna turn this over to the Lord. And we need to be intentional because there is someone who does not want us to be intentional as we cross these boundaries with the gospel. Barnabas was known to bless and to encourage others. And when our team went out, uh, there were nine of us that went out to Guadalajara. We had the privilege on our last night, if you've ever been on a trip, just to gather with those you've served with and just share back and forth. Well, the Lord laid on our heart Romans 4 um, to, uh, to encourage them. And we said, hey, as the ha- we saw the hand of the Lord upon you. We know that it has required you to have extraordinary hope and to walk by faith through oppositions. It's not easy to get up knowing what you're going to face on some of these trips and some of these encounters that we have with people like us and people not like us. Just as Stephen and Paul did here. So we we start talking to him and we said, Hey, you know, in Romans 4, um, Abraham had this promise and this promise was to him and his offspring. But the problem was he didn't have any offspring. So that's kind of a problem, right? If your promise is for you and the offspring, yet you don't have any offspring. So... The Bible says this. I mean, Romans 4, uh, verse 18, it says this. In hope, he believed against hope. Take that and wrestle with it for a couple weeks. In hope, he believed against hope. And see where you come out. Okay? In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith, and he gave glory to God. Fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Sorry, I saw God do some of that yesterday. And I'm very grateful to him for it. Um, So it says here that he hoped against hope. You're gonna to have to figure that out on your own. We could talk about that a long time, but he hoped against hope. He did not weaken in his faith when he considered. See, he had some big obstacles there. His age, his spouse, other things that were going on. And it says he did not weaken in his faith when he considered. You know, is he spending more time on his faith or considering the opposition? He said, his, It said, instead, he grew strong in his faith. How many of us would love to do that, to grow strong in our faith? What did it say he did? He gave glory to God. He gave glory to God and grew strong in his faith, fully convinced that God was able. That's what faith is, knowing what God has promised and placing our faith on it, asking the Holy Spirit to breathe on our faith as we sang about. So Barnabas encouraged the local church. And as we were encouraged, the word encouraged simply means to pour courage into, as we were Led by the Holy Spirit to encourage the local church. Uh, after we did that, Liliana, she's 25, part of the church there, she says, Hey, before you came, before the group came, I was ready to throw in the towel. Then I saw these young people come down who don't know the language and they don't know the culture, but the hand of God was on them. And they loved people right where they were. And I'm not going to throw in the towel. Instead, I'm going to use the gifts that God's given me right where I am. She was encouraged. Isaiah, who's 23, after we shared that with him, he said, God spoke to me right now. I have finished my studies and my career, yet I've been unable to find a job in the field that I studied for. And God is showing me here that I need to hope against hope. I do not need to grow weary in my faith as I consider the fact that I'm not getting an opportunity, the fact that I'm riding two hours on a bus to do a job that I was not trained to do, that I have no job satisfaction in, so we prayed with him and it was an extremely encouraging time and the spirit of the Lord was with us. Well, that was on a Thursday and we heard, we let, that was on a Wednesday, we heard on Thursday as we were coming back that someone had called, he had a job interview and he started his job last Friday, 25 minutes from his house uh, in the field that he has been trained to work in. And we gave glory to God. It's a big deal what had happened there. His mother was there And she said, you know, these teams come down and they do dramas and they teach and you guys do what you do. And I really just can't do any of those things, but I have discovered what I can do this week and I'm going to use it to serve the body of Christ. And then there was Monse, who was 21. She didn't say anything. She's a little quiet and a little shy and she just remained silent. Sometimes we speak in our silence, don't we? Or sometimes we're being spoken to in our silence. But we were able to encourage our brothers and sisters and uh, and also have a gospel impact. As we were encouraging them, guess what happened? The Lord also worked in us. I remember our first night there. It was a real eye-opener for me. I'd been to this area before, but we had a young team and, you know, I started seeing their faces and their eyes as we went down this long, bumpy road with no street lights and... Uh, We were tired. We had been traveling a long time and uh, there were some strange sounds and it was a hundred degrees and we didn't have air conditioning there. And there were some loud booms going off in the distance that could absolutely be mistaken for gunfire. And we're telling them, Hey, don't drink the water. Don't brush your teeth. Don't flush your toilet paper. And you're just (laughs) seeing their eyes like, where in the world am I? What's going on here? And uh, some of them are homesick, but each morning, as we did our devotions, we saw a common theme that there was a king, he was on a throne, that king had all authority, and that king saw us, and he wanted to see the nations through us. He wanted to love the nations through us. And as we did that for two or three days, one of the people who, who I consider was the most homesick by day three or four is on the end of their seat saying, I'm blessed and you're blessed. I know Jesus, I'm sharing Jesus, I'm here to serve. Just going on and on about how blessed she was, and she said, "And you know what? The things that I don't yet see as blessings are really blessings because of the King who sent us." And I'm sitting there going, "Uh, "This is what happens when the Holy Spirit and the hand of the God are upon you, and we're blessed." And we're back to tell you this to say, "This is what God did," and we are want to glorify Him. I hope you'll join us. You prayed for us, you sent us out, and many of you gave so that we could go, and we're grateful. So we're getting ready to go in and do a drama, and uh, the, uh, we go in Sunday. The church that we were serving with, the second, two, the second Sunday of every month, they have a church service at a rehab facility, and just so happens that was the week that we were there. And uh, so we, we go, participate in the church service, and then some of those that were in charge of the drama were saying, hey... We shouldn't do the drama that we have planned. There are people in the drama that drugs and drinking and we just don't want them to be confused and think we're making fun of them. Well, they wrestled through that and decided, no, they were gonna do the drama. So we go back the next day, we were invited back and um, they're gonna do the drama and then I'm gonna teach. And so they they did the drama and and it was good. They did a great job. And I stand up and start to, to teach. And I was not prepared for... I was prepared for what I thought I was going to say. But I just felt oppression. I felt spiritual warfare coming on. And, you know, who are you? What are you doing? Who do you think you are to stand up in front of these people? What can you... You get another language. And I just... And my friend, was Armando, was to the right. And the Lord reminded me that the prayer of a righteous man avails much. And I said, hey, Scripture says this. And I'm going to ask a man that I consider to be righteous to pray for me. And he prayed. And as he prayed... Uh, I'm standing in front of some men who have talked about, they just, they feel forgotten by God. The place they're at in life is a hard place. And they're just not sure about where they're at. So after he finishes praying, you know, it's 102, I think that day. And we're upstairs in a place with a part of a metal roof and just a concrete roof. There's window openings, no windows. And this is what comes out of my mouth in Spanish. Um, you feel the sun, guys? Everybody felt the sun. <laughs> um, the scripture says this about the sun. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord will be praised. We could hear the birds singing through the window. We knew there were some flowers out along the way. And I said, you know those, you hear those birds? We could hear the birds. They knew where the flowers were. Scripture says this. Consider the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. They toil not, they sow not, yet their heavenly Father takes care of them. And we could look through the other window, and we could see the mountains in the distance. And we're reminded. Where do we look to? We look to the hills. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. There, the power of God, the hand of the Holy Spirit upon us. And we were well aware from all angles that we had not been forgotten. I had not been forgotten as one who went with a message, and they had not been forgotten as their, as those who were just in the place they were. So there was a young girl, 15, um, I think she was 15, and she said, hey, if a door opens, I'd be glad to share part of my testimony. And I thought, well, you look like an angel, and we're in this place, uh, okay, okay. Oh, you have little faith, right? So I'm doing my teaching and then I see her sitting out there and I'm like, oh gosh, the Holy Spirit's like, it's time. I said, okay, come on up, it's time. She comes up and she says, "Um, hey, I've been dealing with this sin for a while and uh, I was fighting that sin. That sin was wearing me down. I was exhausted. I kept dealing with it and I just came to the place where I couldn't go on and I talked to someone who I would consider a spiritual mentor and they told me, You're putting all your energy and your focus on your sin. Start walking with God. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Place your faith in him. And she said, I just wanna say that I did that and I'm here to tell you that God's changed my life. And so I'm sitting here translating this just back and forth and not really paying attention. So she finishes and I look at the guys, there's a couple weeping, a couple crying. And I said, hey guys, what did you see and hear? And they said, I saw myself in the drama. I'm responsible for the decisions. The, my current circumstances, I'm the one that had forgotten God. He's not the one that's forgotten me. And I'm learning today that I'm going to stop battling this sin and I'm going to draw near to God. And they gave testimony of the Holy Spirit over using people that overcame just the, oh, we didn't overcome obstacles. We just said, yes, I'll go. And he used the foolish to confound the wise. And he did what he alone can do. And I want to say to you, that you may be thinking uh well you know that faith and hope stuff that works on the mission field pretty good and that worked for Abraham but I'm not so sure how this kind of stuff works for me well all Abraham did was believe God that's what he did he believed God it says here do you believe him if so, I encourage you to listen to him and listen to the verses that follow. You say, hey, that, maybe that stuff's for them. Here's what the verse of Romans 4, 23 and 25 says this, but the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone. Well, who were they written for? Good question. But for ours also. It, was, it will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised up for our justification. So do you believe the one who sent his son? Or is your faith really, really small today? This is really, I don't even know why I came today. You're talking about being sent out. I don't even know if I can survive until tomorrow. And maybe the Lord in his kindness has brought you here to breathe on your faith, to breathe and bring life to it. Have you placed, maybe you've not placed your faith in the one who was risen. It says here that he was was delivered up for our trespasses. He was raised for our justification. Or maybe you just heard that, that he died, that Jesus died. And he did die for the world. God so loved the world. But he died for you. He died in your place. He died in my place. I deserve the cross. I can tell you that. I deserve the cross. But he died in my place. And God said, I'll raise him up. I'll raise him up from the dead. So if you've not placed your faith in him, I would encourage you to consider that today. Come down front, go to the back, catch me, do something. Talk to someone, have a gospel conversation with someone today so that you may have faith birthed in your life. And if you have placed your faith in Christ, I would encourage you as members of the body of Fountain City Church to give glory to God. God is at work in us. He's at work in spite of us. And he has plans for at least six more trips this year where we're going specifically to have gospel conversations with people not like us and to encourage local church believers. What's your role in praying, giving and going, but don't stop giving glory to him. He's sending people out short, on short terms like this. Megan Cantrell just got back. Ruthie Knight is out for another month. You can follow the prayer guide with her. Pray for her specifically. She wants to be bold in her faith and she doesn't want to have pride. Those are two things that she specifically asked for. So pray for her. And then I want to encourage you. Wherever you're at in your faith today, I want to pour courage into to see what we found in Scripture, to be faithful right where you are. Don't throw in the towel. Have gospel conversations with people like you. Have gospel conversations with people not like you because of the work of the Holy Spirit. Make yourself available. Trust Him. Don't lose faith. Walk by faith. Don't lose hope. Romans 15, 13 says this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Now, I don't know about you, but a lot of people that I talk to say, hey, I want joy and peace. God of hope, will you fill me with joy and peace? But please look with me what this scripture says. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in what? Believing. Believing. Are you seeing the pattern in scripture? We put belief right there. We said, my belief is in what he said. My belief is in him. And when we put our our belief in him, it says this happens. The power of the Holy Spirit causes us to abound in hope. That means in spite of our circumstances, as we saw with Abraham, as we saw with Stephen, as we saw with the early church leaders, whatever they bumped into, whatever they ran into, whether it was in jail, chained to people, whatever it may be, in your workplace as well, you will abound in hope, which means you will be so filled with hope that you will have sufficient hope to share with others. But if this isn't about, hey, God, fill me, fill me with. No, this is about, I'm gonna put my faith in you knowing this, the power of your Holy Spirit, the very power that raised Jesus from the dead, the very power that makes us, enables us to be witness. He empowers our faith and fills us with hope. So I want to make sure you know what you believe today. Are you believing something that you've generated and that you're thinking, yeah, I'm just trying to get through this to get to a place? Well, then you don't know what eternal life is. Eternal life is a person that you come to know intimately. And and I'm not trying to shame you. Some people, some of us have just heard the gospel in a crazy way. The gospel is about knowing a person, first and foremost, that will transform all aspects of your life. So I'm not certain what you're facing, but it's with certainty I can say hope against hope. Don't grow weak when you consider what you're against, but instead go strong in your faith as you what? Give glory to God. As you believe God, allow him to work in you through the Holy Spirit. There's gonna be people that'll pray for you, would love to pray for you, maybe even in your row, wherever you're seated, but I wanna encourage you to simply respond to the Holy Spirit. He's the one that's breathing on your faith, wherever it is, the one that's bringing hope about. everyone sent. And I want to ask God to, to, show, to show you today your role in the kingdom. You're convinced, you know, hey, when we look through the New Testament, we see people are sent out and we see them coming back and just bragging on how the hand of God was at work. Well, I told you that Monse, the 21-year-old, uh, didn't say anything uh, when we were attempting to encourage them. Well, her dad called me on Tuesday and said, hey, Monse wants to enter seminary to prepare for what God's calling her to. Maybe you've been silent for years and you know he's been calling you. And you've had questions, what, where, when? And you may just need to say, here I am today. You may just need to respond in a unique way as the Holy Spirit shows you and say, you know what? I want to prepare for whatever God's calling me to. I know he's been doing it. And I don't want to deny his voice today. So is he calling you to explore missions, ministry, whatever it may be? If you will stand with me and we're going to pray. Father God, thank you that you are the God of all hope and thank you that we can place our love and faith in you. Lord, we lift our voice to say thank you for the things that you are doing in spite of who we are as we simply obey your command to go and to share the good news. Father, thank you that we can not grow weary wherever we find ourselves today. Father, thank you that instead we can believe father god knowing that your spirit will cause us to abound in hope so father god i I pray for some of us that you'll forgive our apathy and open our eyes and hearts to what you're saying and doing put someone on our mind right now that we need to have a gospel conversation with or someone we might need to encourage Father, thank you that when you send us out, we do not go along that you said you would not leave us nor forsake us, but that you would be with us. And Father, we say a special prayer for Ruthie this morning as she's out and about in a real tough place. And Father, we ask that you would pour courage into her right where she is, that she may simply respond to your Holy Spirit, Lord. And we pray that each of us as well would respond in a like manner. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. We believe God is doing great things in our church, our community, and around the world. If you have a story of God at work in your life or questions about this message, we'd love to hear from you. Just send us an email at amenfountaincity.church. At